A vegan superhero is a new breed of athlete. Stronger, healthier, and driven by purpose. Vegan superheroes wage war against society's status quo and win. Vegan superheroes battle the forces of evil that profit from the suffering of others. Vegan superheroes take a stand for what they believe in and prove the haters wrong. If you ask the meatheads and clueless fitness gurus, they'll tell you that what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. Vegan superheroes inspire change, spread compassion, challenge the status quo, and fuel the revolution. Our mission is to help you become a vegan superhero. Welcome to the Vegan Gym Podcast. Hey, what's going on? My name is Leif Arneson, and today I'm super excited to share a conversation that I had with somebody that I've always really looked up to in the vegan community. Today, I've got Derek Simnet on the podcast. Derek is a vegan nutritionist with a passion for fitness and living a healthy, happy life. So we have a very similar philosophy when it comes to training, nutrition, mindset. I've just always really resonated with his approach to veganism and fitness and kind of combining those to just live a really healthy, purpose-driven life. So in this episode, we talked about five foods that you should consider eating for your health and also how to live a happy and positive life. I also asked Derek's advice for living a fulfilling life. So we got some life advice from Derek as well at the end of this episode. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation and I'll catch you on the next episode. Derek, welcome to the show. All right. Hey man, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, of course. So for anyone who doesn't know you, can you share a little bit about your story uh, in becoming interested in nutrition and then how you went vegan through that process and kind of got into weightlifting? Sure. Yeah. So if people don't know who I am like at all, and they're just tuning into this, well, thanks for like giving me a chance. Cause like, that's pretty awesome for them just to like, you know, like, I want to see what this guy's about. Uh, so, um, I do, I have like a YouTube channel and, uh, you know, I guess I'm like a, a content creator or whatever. Um, but you know, really, um, yeah, kind of what I do is just, I just want to inspire people to get, you know, to take control of their lives and to take control of their health mostly. And to, um, you know, and to realize that like, yeah, you can take control and you can get healthier and you can, you know, you can get fitter and all this stuff is not all that hard. And it's not, you don't have to, uh, you know, really, you know, worry about like the minutia so much, especially at the beginning, uh, you know, and it's just most important to get going. So that's kind of like my whole, my whole, like, you know, mantra and idea. And that I didn't start, uh, my whole like simnet nutrition and this whole thing to get sort of like famous or get popular on social media. It was really just an avenue to drive uh, like traffic towards my consulting services because I was doing um, consulting at the time. So I'll go back even further in just a sec, but just to give people a general idea of, of um, what I, you know, where I came from and, and what I'm doing now. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the idea of me starting the channel. I figured I could get, you know, some, it's a, a bit of information out there, some free information from people, but then kind of at the end, uh, you know, and some recipes and stuff. And at the end, I always say, you know, hey, if you want my consulting services or whatever, you know, you can uh, find me, reach me down below. Uh, so, yeah, let's go back. Uh, you wanted to know kind of about my like health, my journey and uh, kind of what got me into like veganism and health and fitness and that sort of thing. So I grew up, uh, I grew up playing sports and, uh, you know, when you're young, you, you're just full of energy and, you know, if you, like you just don't have to worry really about what you're eating and um, you just kind of, you know, just kind of do your thing and you're always you're good at sports, you're healthy and you're fit and, and all that. Right. And as I started to get older, I started to realize, you know, started to tie what I was eating and, and drinking, especially, you know, not just like water and stuff, but like alcohol and stuff started to tie that to how I was feeling and then my performance in life. Right. Uh, and that's how it kind of started. Um, and then to get, yeah. So to get into like what got me into like veganism was uh, I had a girlfriend at the time who was going to school for what I went to, ended up going to school for was holistic nutrition. And um, at that time I was sort of like, I was uh, a runner at the time and skateboarder as well. So I was just sort of like, you know, I, I, you know, I wasn't like all that competitive. I did some like local runs and that sort of stuff. Uh, but I was okay. Just being like a, in general, like good, you know, I was in good enough shape for what I needed to do. So I wasn't really too concerned. I figured, yeah, I'm healthy. I'm fine. You know, I ate a little bit of vegetables here and there and like some packaged food and then tons of uh, meat and dairy and, and eggs and all the, you know, all of the above. And I've all, I'd always eaten that way. Um, and then, uh, and of course, always loved animals like so many of us do. Uh, so that girlfriend uh, of mine, she, you know, started to move towards veganism and uh, started to share some of the stuff she was learning with me. And started to kind of get frustrated that I wasn't seeing things the way that, that she was. So she'd start, you know, leaving books around, wanting me to watch sort of documentaries with her. And this is going back maybe to probably 
this would be 14 years, 15 years now, probably 14 or 15 years. Wow. That seems like a long time. Cause I just 12. Yeah, it would have been, yeah, it would have been about 13 years ago. Um, so yeah, so she uh, would lead these books around. So I started to read them and I started to like realize, you know, how bad the animal agriculture industry really is. I didn't really know in the beginning. Like I always just, you know, you kind of, I always just thought, well, the animals, you know, they, they get old and then they like kill them for our meat. Or it's like, you know, the chickens, people just have chickens and then they just like lay eggs. They take the extra ones. And, you know, and I, I was kind of naive to the whole thing, you know, a mother, a mother cow, you know, she has a baby and then they just take some of the milk and they give it to us sort of thing. And I didn't realize like how aggressive this all was and like how they're just completely using these things as commodities. And so once I started to, once you started to like kind of show me that. And I started to realize, cause you'd see the videos, you know, you'd see the, the slaughterhouse videos of animals being abused. And it was, it's really, for me, it was really easy for me to just be like, well, that's an isolated case, or that's one, you know, one factory farm in this, whatever random country. That's not like, you know, where I am. And, and this is, you know, kind of even before all the, you know, YouTube and all this sort of stuff came out. So I wasn't seeing tons of that stuff, but when I did, you know, that was easy for me to discount. Um, and that's why my approach is different because I, my approach now is trying to target people who were like me. Right. And that's, I think the best way for people to sort of like, you know, help people is to like, you know, meet them maybe where you were once at. Uh, so she started leaving the books around. I started to read them and realized like, yeah, I've got to do something about this. I wanted to keep eating meat and bacon and like, uh, cause I love that stuff and I didn't know what else to eat. I didn't know how to, you know, I, of course I have a little pasta and a little, uh, you know, veggies with my steak and with my chicken, but I didn't know how to just make a whole meal that was without that. Right. Cause that was always the start of it. And, um, so started to buy free range eggs and, you know, pasture raised, uh, meat and all that. And it's, we were on a pretty tight budget. So I started to buy less of it because it was pretty expensive. And I started to like, you know, not really miss it. And I started to fill in the gaps with, you know, the sort of cheaper foods and, and the stuff that I knew wasn't really, you know, kind of harming these animals because I still had this in my mind. Like I want to save these animals, but you know, I'm just kind of trying to make their life a little bit better. So as I started to eat more of plant foods, I started to feel better and conditions that I had that were like, you know, um, like felt like I had arthritis in my hands every day. I'd come home from work. I was, I was an electrician at the time. I, I would just feel like I couldn't even like move my hands. And, and then that started to like go away. My skin started to, to clear up a bit. Um, the sleep that I would have in my eyes in the morning started to go in just these like little things that I started to notice. And I thought, wow. And then I, I started to, um, you know, meet some people that she knew that were, that were vegan. And at this time I didn't really realize that it was something that was viable that you could do. I just thought it was something, I thought it was like a sacrifice that you were making, you know, Oh, this person loves animals so much that they're willing to like go vegan, you know, and sacrifice, you know, muscle of course, but on top of that, even other aspects of their health for the animals. Cause I did, I did honestly did not realize um, that you could live a healthful life being um, vegan. And then once all those things sort of came into line. I saw people who were doing it healthfully. I saw, uh, you know, I, I couldn't stop looking at that meat on my plate as something that was once sentient, something that was once living, something that did not want to die, you know, that had a, a mother or, or kids or whatever, um, with children. <laughs> uh, you know, I, once all those things sort of aligned, it, I just couldn't justify it anymore. I, I thought, why am I doing this? I'm not actually saving animals' lives in the end. You know, they're still getting killed. Um so yeah, that was sort of the natural evolution and it took a, you know, maybe took a couple of years and I definitely stumbled along the way. And there was a time where I moved back home, lived with my family and, uh, you know, I didn't have the same support systems around me and they all ate uh, meat and eggs, traditional kind of stuff. And, and then I slipped back then, you know, and then, uh, once I kind of got a handle on things and, and moved away again, then I went back into uh, eating plant-based. So yeah. And that, that was kind of the, you know, that was the very beginning of, of my journey. So that doesn't get into like simnet nutrition and all that. But yeah, I mean, you know, long story short, eventually I decided, uh, you know, we broke up or whatever. And then I decided I wanted to go to school for that because I was just looking at my avenues and I thought, well, I don't want to become a dietitian because um, they're, they're at least here where I live, they're kind of um, under the constraints of the, uh, you know, the governmental, um, the guidelines for, for diet. And there's a lot of things, you know, they often work in like clinical settings and hospitals and stuff. I knew I didn't want to do that. Um, I really just, I knew that people, people had just so many questions and, and they, people just needed to um, just be inspired and just have people show them just like somebody showed me, like you could be vegan and be healthy. And as soon as I saw that, it was like, Oh, okay. Wow. I don't really care about all these little details. What's the highest protein food? What's the, this, that, you know, it didn't really matter anymore. So anyways, yeah, that's kind of how it went. Cool. 
Yeah, so now you have learned all that stuff about nutrition. You have become um, quite a quite a voice in the vegan nutrition uh, kind of space. So I know in a uh, in a recent video that I saw that you posted on YouTube, you talked about the five foods that you treat as supplements, and I thought that this was a really interesting topic that I wanted to get into. So can you just uh, talk a little bit about uh, how you view these foods and why you incorporate them into your diet? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, this, I thought this was a, a cool idea. I had the, I, the kind of title for this video and I know most YouTubers do like a lot of YouTubers do this where they have the title for a video first. Um, and then they kind of create the content around that they'll create, you know, they have a clickbaity title and a good idea for a thumbnail. Uh, for me, it's always the other way around. It's always like I have this content that I want to like, and then I'll make a whole video and I often won't even know what the heck it's going to be called until like I'm actually having to put a, a name into the title. But that was one that I, I had that rattling around my head for a long time. And I'm like, I really want to narrow it down because there's other foods that I could have put in there as well that didn't sort of make the list. Um, but yeah, and I five is always like a nice clickable number. So uh, the idea there was like foods that I eat that I focus on eating a certain amount of um, at a certain interval for a desired result uh, or, you know, to hit, to, to get a certain nutrient or whatever that I'm generally not getting in other foods. So that was kind of the whole idea and the principle behind those videos, because, you know, there are foods that I eat and, and I mean, sure, you know, we can talk, we can go over them um, that, yeah, I don't necessarily love if there wasn't the, the health benefits to them. I might, you know, I might discount them from my diet or at least not eat them as consistently as I do. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of the idea behind that, that video. Cool. Yeah, I would love to go. I would love to go over them. Uh, I do have kind of a few follow up questions to some of the stuff that you chatted about in the video. So, yeah, could you just uh, run through them and we'll just uh, kind of go back and forth a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. Yeah, definitely glad I made notes that because I wouldn't have remembered. Uh, okay. So, well, I have notes too if you need to. Uh, okay. No, no. <laughs> um, so, I think the, uh, I, I don't know if they're in order, but uh, definitely one of them was um, seaweed. So, yes. uh, sea vegetables and seaweed. Uh, is something that obviously for the iodine, there's other, there's other things, you know, there's many minerals in it that are extremely bioavailable to us. Uh, but we get those in many other foods. Iodine is the one that's kind of unique to, uh, the sea vegetables. So, uh, yeah, that's the reason why I eat that. Um, dulse is probably the best, the safest bet as far as like, it has a good amount of dull or a good amount of iodine, but not too much where it's, you know, easy to become toxic. Uh, it's fairly neutral in flavor. It does still taste a bit like the ocean, but, uh, you know, and it's, it's fairly easy to eat and get down and, and you know, sprinkle on other things. So that's kind of the, yeah, that was, that was that one. And I just sprinkled that, um, seaweed flakes on, you know, in stir fries, it's really to have, it's easy to have in soup and that sort of thing. And of course, if you're having like sushi, you're having nori with, with your sushi, uh, or if you're having miso soup, there's probably like nori in there and stuff too. Do you have any recommendations for sourcing seaweed? Uh, well, usually it's a, a Atlantic, uh, dulse. Like, I think that's where it grows from the deep waters of the, of the North Atlantic. Uh, so generally like the, um, it's, it's not, it's not contaminated in heavy metals or anything like that. And then the cool thing about many seaweeds is that they are, uh, they do hold on to heavy metals, but they don't release them in our bodies. Uh, so, and they also have the, uh, ability to actually like chelate and pull heavy metals out of our body as well. So, uh, that is definitely, you know, like, I, yeah, you want to get it out of like clean water and you want to try and find organic if you can, of course. Uh, but that's the nice thing about dulse is that usually, you know, it, it's not growing in, in like, you know, hot tropical or waters or anything like that, that can be sort of, you know, more, have more toxins and stuff in them, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that was number one. Uh, number two was Brazil nuts. So you yeah, well, I guess we should say that you should say, uh, the reason why, I don't know if I know exactly why I'm reading all these. Yeah, I do. Uh, the iodine for your thyroid, right? It's just important to, to yeah. mention that, um, we need iodine for our thyroid, especially if we're eating like a lot of cruciferous vegetables, um, because that can, uh, you know, increase our, um, our demand for it. So for eating lots of, you know, kale and bok choy and, and, uh, broccoli and cabbage, which we should be, uh, you know, you definitely want to have a good source of iodine for that thyroid. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Good. Uh, so the next one was Brazil nuts. So why do you, uh, incorporate that into your diet? Yeah. So Brazil nuts are just, uh, for the selenium. So, um, selenium is an important mineral for a lot of, uh, enzymatic processes in our body, but also, uh, for the production of glutathione, which is our, our body's like main antioxidant. They call it, I think it's like the master antioxidant, which, uh, 
is yeah, it's extremely important to keep those those levels high, uh, and extreme, and even more important during times of like stress or um, if you have uh, you know some sort of like uh, what would be the word like uh, like toxins in your life. Like if you're you know if you're working in a factory that has you know, uh, you know, a bunch of, you know, chemicals and that sort of stuff, or if you're exposed to them, um, then you definitely want lots of, um, you know, you want to continue to provide your body with lots of selenium so that your glutathione stores stay high, because when your body is under stress, uh, that, you know, it's generally oxidative stress, and then your body use more of that glutathione to compensate for, or to, um, kind of counteract that oxidative stress. So having good, um, good amount of selenium is important. So yeah, the Brazil nuts and, uh, you don't need many. Uh, it's like such, it's such a small amount. If you just have one a day, um, then you'll get far more than the RDI. And uh, so I wouldn't exceed more than one in a day. And if you're going to have a handful of them, I would only do that once a week because uh, you can get too much selenium from Brazil nuts. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Uh, I do that as well. I learned that from Dr. Gregor. Like, yeah. I think he, I think he posted that. Uh, he he started talking about it like a year ago or something. At least when I heard it. Uh, so yeah, I've been doing a Brazil nut a day for that purpose. So nice. pretty cool. And and it's uh, it's helpful that I find them to be really quite tasty. So yeah, if anything, are. I need to force myself not to eat them. Yeah, all the they're time. really good. And if you just yeah, if you put one like inside of a date or whatever, it's like such a good snack. Um, but yeah, you know, you made a good point. Like I learned this from Dr. Gregor and, you know, I, and I'm only as good as like my mentors and the information that I, that I can take in. I'm not inventing any of this stuff, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm just, you know, and a lot of the time I feel like, uh, you know, I don't want to say like, I'm not like a parrot and I don't just regurgitate this stuff, but I compile, you know, things and kind of curate information that is relevant to me and that I think will be relevant to sort of my followers. So, um, yeah, I just want to put it out there that like, you know, I'm not the one that like discovered selenium in yeah. Brazil nuts or, yeah. or the idea that we need to consume it. I just like, yeah, that's a, that's a good point to make. Yeah. We're, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. So it's, uh, I think it's in, it's important to keep that in mind, but I think the way that you deliver content is really, is really powerful. And I really love your approach. So, uh, yeah, you're certainly oh, bringing you. a lot of value to, to, uh, the vegan nutrition world. Uh, so the third one was uh, sauerkraut. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, sauerkraut. Um, there's many de- that's many beneficial uh, you know reasons why we should be eating sauerkraut, but probiotics is the the main one, and that's of course good for our microbiome. And the the probiotics that you get from uh, from sauerkraut are so diverse and um, so rich in numbers that like I mean you can take um, supplements, but what we're getting from sauerkraut is just like incredible and can't be duplicated. So, uh, it's important to, to, you know, have that. And then, uh, you know, if people are like, Oh, I'm, I'm what, I don't know. I haven't had antibiotics or whatever. You think a microbiome's good. There's stuff that's out there in the world. Like, you know, um, there's like pesticides, uh, that are constantly, you know, uh, like battling our, our, our microbiome and, and putting it off balance. So it's important, especially in this day and age to be, you know, feeding it with good microbes and, uh, and that comes from sauerkraut. So yeah, it's a yeah. great source of a uh, great source of vitamin C. I mean, that's one of the reasons why they started making sauerkraut way back in the day is so that they could have a source of vitamin C throughout the winter, um, you know, and then ward off scurvy and that sort of thing, because it keeps really well because it's, you know, salted and fermented. They don't have to have it in a refrigerator or anything like that. I mean, I think it is probably best kept cold, but that would be in the winter anyways, it would be cold. Uh, yeah. So that that's kind of why they had it. And um, it's kind of neat that uh, I was reading somewhere when I was doing the research for that, that the, it actually increases the amount of vitamin C, the, the lactobacillus fermentation, which is kind of neat. There's yeah. more vitamin C in it. Yeah. I love sauerkraut too. And, uh, that's something that I try to incorporate in my diet on a regular basis for that same reason. Yeah. Um, we have uh, a coach on our team. Uh, his name is Ben and he actually commented on this video of yours and you pinned it as the, as the top comment. He wrote uh, shelf stable sauerkraut and other fermented foods do not actually contain live cultures. Um, so if you want the probiotic benefits, get the refrigerated ones that say contain live cultures. This is actually something I did not know until I saw his comment. So, oh damn! and then, and then I think you said, uh, you responded to him and you said that, uh, oh yeah, you were going to include that in the video, but it was just getting a little bit too long. So well, do you have any yeah. kind of follow up there? Yeah, it's a great point. And uh, you know, I struggle with this because I, I assume a lot of time, I assume that the people that are following me have followed me for since the beginning like they know everything that i you know and, and it's not a sort of uh 
like it, it's not like a you know a big head kind of thing it's like and i you know because i can't believe that people do follow me and want to like watch my videos so it's definitely not that um uh, but it's sort of like you know i remember everything that i've done and i just assume that everybody you know other people have so then i i you know if i've said that before i just you know I, i've read it a few times in research that i just kind of assume that maybe people will know that kind of thing and sometimes i leave out details like that that yeah i should i should include because i have to remember that you know simnet nutrition the, the community or whoever's watching my videos you know there's always going to be this like small nucleus of people that that are that core that have kind of followed me from the beginning but then there's this like you know bigger circle around it of people who are coming in who are new to it and then they're you know they're finding out some information and then people are getting spat out and they might not know all that so it's important that i continue to to refresh that so yes must be refrigerated uh like yeah uh, unpasteurized sauerkraut or kimchi um, or even apple cider vinegar uh, and that sort of, you know, but that's not, I wouldn't use that as your source of probiotics, but uh, yeah, that, you know, yeah, definitely want to look for all that sort of thing. And you could also make your own sauerkraut, which I have a video on on my channel yeah. uh, fairly easily, right? It's just, you just, you just shred the cabbage. You might as well use purple or red cabbage because it's so much higher in antioxidants than the, than the green. And it's also, I've been told it's not called sauerkraut at that point. It's called rotkraut. Uh, and I was told huh. by Polish, uh, I believe it was Polish people. They were like, that is not sauerkraut when it's purple. So it has a different name. So I don't want to get in trouble out there. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah. And it's, you know, you just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really easy. It's an age old recipe. You just shred it. And then, um, you know, you just add some salt and you work it uh, in your hands until it, uh, you know, still starts to turn to liquid uh, or until it starts to release liquid and then you just put it in a jar, keep it covered. It's anyways, it's really easy. You can find it online uh, in like 10 steps, or you could watch my like 15 minute video on how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I think it's always important because uh, I often find myself, uh, doing the same thing where I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of a basic piece of information that I've already talked about a lot. Like, I don't need to include that. Um, and I always try to just add it anyways. It's just like a little extra thing. Uh, but I still miss miss things here and there and still get lots of questions and stuff. So yeah, we're, uh, we're kind of trying our best there. <laughs> yeah. It's impossible to include everything, but there's always that balance of not wanting to repeat yourself too many times right. and I, because, because I'm so dang consistent and uh, you know, with it, with everything. I mean, I'm not like, yeah, I mean, with, with, with what my content, with my eating, with my exercise, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not one of these people that jumps around and tries a bunch of different diets, like, because I, I don't really feel like that's healthy to be like yo-yoing and doing fasting and then, you know, huge bulk. And then I got a cut and then I'm going to do a juice fast. And then my blood sugar's messed up. So now I'm going keto for whatever. Like, I don't know, you know, I don't like, you know, I just want things to be consistent. I want to feel consistently good all the time. I want to maintain a, a you know, a, a lean, fairly lean muscular physique year round. So um, that's why I stay consistent. Right. And then I, I worry that, yeah, people are <laughs> getting bored, but there's always new people coming in who are like, Oh, who, what's this guy all about? And, uh, and then there's people who just, you know, who are awesome who stick around for a long time, like you, who will listen to, you know, the old information yeah. again and again. So I appreciate it. Yeah. So I guess apparently I missed that part in uh, some of your videos uh, earlier, but anyways, yeah, I think that's a important thing to add. So your next uh, food that you treat as a supplement is turmeric. So why do you uh, include that? So turmeric is a powerful anti-inflammatory. That's the, the main reason why I have that. Uh, but it's also extremely, um, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful antioxidant as well. Uh, and it also, there's, uh, there's evidence coming out all the time on the different things that it's, it's beneficial for. I mean, there's like so many, uh, brain and degenerative like diseases are one that's like really, um, big focus right now. And I mean, heck, if I can just like eat, you know, <laughs> turmeric a few times a week and like maybe have less chance of having like neurodegenerative diseases when I'm older, like I, I'll, I'll have some of that stuff. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's definitely, but mainly, you know, for the, uh, yeah, for the inflammation, for the recovery and, and whatnot. Uh, I know a lot of people worry about like reducing inflammation after exercise because you need, your body needs inflammation to, you know, to repair, to build muscle or whatever. And I don't know if that's someone's belief then like maybe have some inflammatory foods after you work out and see how it works for you. But like, I don't, you know, I don't think that, um, it's hampered my like performance having anti-inflammatory foods after my workout. But if it's a worry for somebody, then, you know, you don't have to, but yeah. So uh, a few things to say about it. You want to have it with black pepper, right? You know that because um, the uh, curcumin isn't all that curcumin is the active ingredient that's in turmeric that, that does the work. It's not all that bioavailable to us. Our body tends to um, uh, excrete it pretty quickly. 
so what happens when you have black pepper with it is it downregulates an enzyme that our body uses to uh, excrete the curcumin so that it's able to circulate around in our blood for longer. So you want to have, you know, it's, it's not whatever amount of turmeric that you can sort of stomach, like anywhere between an eighth and a, and a half a teaspoon is going to be beneficial to you, but like as little as an eighth, which you won't even notice in, in pasta sauce or your smoothie or anything like that. And then just a pinch of black pepper with it. Um, so with about a, a with between an eighth and a quarter of a tablespoon of turmeric, you'd want to have equivalent to about five um, peppercorns, which is just like a good size pinch of black pepper. And I remember doing, so that was one that I calculated myself because I was like, so I, you know, this is just my rough estimate because, or I did do some calculations, but I looked at a study that was using piperine extract to, uh, to increase the bioavailability because I couldn't find the information anywhere. How much pepper do you need? So I was looking, so I figured out how much piperine, extract they were using to elicit, um, you know, increased absorption. And then I figured out how much piperine extract would be the equivalent in actual whole peppercorns. And it was only around four or five um, sort of peppercorns. And then I ground that up and it turns out to be like just a big pinch. So it's like, holy crap, just put a pinch in your dance yeah. in your dance smoothie. But, uh, and then also um, turmeric uh, can be uh, adulterated or like um, can have uh, a lead chromate added to it. And that comes from the, uh, unfortunately, the countries that that grow the turmeric overseas, because what happens, as you know, um, they're sold by weight, you know, uh, yeah, a lot of the spices are sold by weight, so that they can make it heavier, then they're going to sell for it's going to sell for a lot more. And lead chromate is the exact same color, it's even a little bit brighter than uh, turmeric. So they put that in there, and it's a little bit heavier. And, uh, you know, they just can't be testing every single shipment of turmeric that comes in. So a lot of it passes and it gets put passed through and, and, you know, we end up consuming it and having lead is going to go completely against what we're trying to do. So you either want to get it from a reputable company that, uh, you know, does heavy metal testing, third-party testing, uh, and you can always email companies to see if they do that. They should be a, a pretty forthright with their, you know, information or just buy fresh turmeric. And that's really a really easy way to do it. And it just looks like little, uh, little tiny ginger, you know, uh, fingers. And uh, it's, you know, pretty easy to just throw that in the smoothie as well. Yeah, that was a really interesting extra piece of information that's uh, extremely important for people to know. So I appreciate you adding that. Um, so your fifth and final, uh, food that you treat as a supplement is flaxseed. So could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. That's for obviously the omega three. So there's, uh, again, there's, you know, anti-inflammatory lignans in it. There's, um, you know, uh, antioxidants in there as well. But, uh, the reason why I eat it and think about eating it is for the omega three. So I generally, yeah, I'd only consume flax, as you know, as like a, a substitute for egg and like baking or something like that. Otherwise I wouldn't be eating it, putting it in my smoothies or pasta sauce or anything like that. So that's why it's a food I treat like a supplement. Um, and yeah, it's for the omega three. So, uh, of course you don't, it's, it's, you get, uh, ALA from it, which is the parent omega three molecule and your body does have to convert it, uh, elongated into DHA and EPA, uh, which, you know, we do at uh, different conversion rates. You want to get the best sort of rates. You want to make sure that you keep your omega-6 fatty acids uh, at a reasonable amount. It's really the ratio of omega-3 to 6 that you want to kind of pay attention to. Uh, and you want to try and get it to, I mean, I think the average American, I think it's like a 12 to 1, 6 to 3 ratio, but you really want to try and get it as close to even as possible, nearly impossible to get it even. I mean, a four to one, five to one, six to one, somewhere around there would be better than what most people are consuming now. And then that would definitely like free up uh, the enzymes in order to um, convert the uh, omega-3 ALA into EPA and DHA. So do you, um, do you consume any kind of preformed EPA or DHA supplement, or do you just rely on chia seed, flaxseed, walnuts? Yeah, for the most part, I just rely on that, but I do, I do have some, uh, additional, like I do have some preformed, uh, as a supplement. Um, but I mean, very occasionally, like maybe, maybe once or twice a week. Uh, and the, the reason there is, I just don't know, you know, like with things like this, I, there's our body, when our body like converts something at a certain rate, I always wonder, you know, there's a reason why it converts it at that rate. Um, you know, so I often wonder if we should be, you know, consuming these things in their sort of preformed, pre-converted, uh, and at least in, in super high doses. <clears throat> so I, th I just think those are some things that we must be cautious about. Um, and, you know, there was a study that came out uh, a little while ago, and I'm not a professional at reading studies, even though I did go to school and they taught us that even after 
I'm still, you know, not confident reading studies and force plots and, you know, whatever. But uh, there was one that came out that, that showed that it could increase the chances of prostate cancer in some males. So, you know, I don't know how good of a study that was. I don't know. I, you know, I, I just know that that was out there. There were some um, plant-based doctors that were uh, advising a word of caution against the preformed um, uh, EPA and DHA. So that's why I sort of, uh, yeah, I'm not like super gung ho about it. Uh, you know, just taking all that I can, <laughs> but uh, it's something that I do understand that. Yeah. There, you know, we do want to make sure that we are getting enough of that. So do you know if they, yeah, that's interesting. Do you know if they differentiated in that study between an algae base or fish based? I don't think they did. Yeah. Okay. I'm almost, because... I'm almost sure they did. Yeah. Okay. That would be interesting. Yeah. It would be really interesting. And that's the thing with these is, is you don't know. And it's like, who are they, who are they t studying? Like, were they studying a healthy young male who was only consuming a, you know, a bit of like purified vegan DHA EPA that's been third party tested and, you know, has a healthy diet otherwise, and is eating low omega six. I don't know. Those probably weren't the people that they were, that they were testing in that. So yeah, hard to say, but it's, you know, just with my reasoning there, that's just why I'm a little bit cautious about it. Uh, but you know, yeah, I mean, everyone takes like fish oil and like krill oil and everything is like the holy grail in the rest of the world. And here, like vegans are just like, hmm, I don't know if I should have a ton of that one thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I've read studies uh, that talk about the conversion rates from ALA to EPA and DHA being in, being in the low single digits for men and slightly higher for women. So that has uh, encouraged me to take... Um, uh, preformed DPA and DHA on a daily basis from an algae uh, oil supplement. Um, I don't know if those studies referenced the ratios of omega-6s to omega-3s in their diets, but if they're just regular um, regular people, then those are probably way out of whack. So that uh, I'm sure that had a serious uh, impact on those studies as well. So that's something to look into more, I guess. Yeah. And then also like, you know, what, like what omega-3 deficiency, like who, what is, what does this cause? Like, what is, are there any major, like, you know, of course we need a good amount of it in our diet, but it's not like you, you know, it's not a, a thing that people are dying of. It's not like, oh, this person died of a lack of omega-3s or a lack of elongated omega-3s. Right. Um, so I understand, of course, there's a need for it. It's, it's, uh, you know, what's, uh, our fats or what makes the phospholipid bilayer around our cells. And, you know, the more omega-3s you have in there, the better, uh, like I, I, yeah, totally get all that. Just being the devil's advocate, right? Just like, yeah. you know, we know that iron deficiency, boom, like we know that, you know, that's, there's a test for that. You're tired, you're, you know, your cells are anemic, all this, like we know these things, but then with omegas, it's sort of like, it's a little bit more up in the air, right? Um, I was going to ask you one question about the, oh, with the conversion rates, did you look to see how much, uh, if you were to take like two tablespoons of flax or whatever with the, with the single digit conversion rates, does that provide you with enough, uh, EPA and DPA? EPA. I didn't do that. I didn't do that conversion, but, uh, but I'm going to after, uh, this episode. <laughs> yeah. So that's important, right? Because it's like, yeah. well, even if it's, even if, uh, like, cause with vitamin A, for instance, right. The, and if you, if you type your, um, uh, like your stuff into chronometer, they have a, a thing that says the retinol, uh, equivalency or whatever, which I actually included in my last full day of eating. So it actually tells you like how much, um, beta carotene, uh, gets, trans uh like you know gets converted into vitamin a preformed vitamin a because that's sort of the same thing right with with beta carotene it's sort of like the ala uh, parent omega-3 molecule we have to actually convert it to something else to use it uh so with that i mean yeah you're getting 1000 or something times your rdi of, of vitamin a but yeah the retinol equivalency you know the conversion rates are fairly low however if you're getting one to two thousand uh, percent the amount I look, you know, uh, when I looked at mine, I'm still getting 200% of my, uh, of my retinol equivalency. Uh, and then when I remember when I did myself, when I looked at how much, uh, EPA and DHA I was getting from the amount of, uh, flax I was getting, even with like low, um, rates of conversion, it was still, it was still the, uh, enough for the RDI. Okay. Well, that is super interesting. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to look into that after this. So appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, but math is not my strong suit. 
yeah. especially with percentages and decimal points. So like, yeah. yeah, definitely like check it out yourself, but yeah, kind of like how I did with the black pepper, I was sort of, you know, just kind of going around different studies, finding the averages and numbers, and then sort of like trying to convert uh, from there, seeing how much, um, you know, ALA we get from, you know, two tablespoons of flax and then just do the conversion. It doesn't take too long to do. And um, yeah. And that's when I kind of realized, like when I saw that, I was like, Hmm, with the risk of, you know, maybe, you know, the supplementation, versus like you know like that i saw that i was probably getting enough then I, that's why i was like i'll just supplement it kind of infrequently yeah cool all right well i am a huge math nerd uh so i'll go in i'll do some calculations i'll get back to you and uh we can go from there yeah pl yeah please do i I'm, I'm definitely never one of these people that's like i'm 100 right and i'm not willing to change my mind i'm always open yeah cool uh and I don't have a hard, like, you know, clearly I don't have a hard uh, fact or rule on that either. It's sort of, you know, I, I wish I knew more about it. Yeah, cool. All right. So just to summarize, uh, the five foods uh, that Derek treats as supplements are seaweed, Brazil nuts, sauerkraut, turmeric, and flaxseed. So all super healthy foods that you should be including in your diet as well. So um, I'd like to move on and talk about uh, some healthy habits that you shared in a video that help you to stay positive. And I know that you only see part of someone's life in social media, YouTube worlds, uh, but you have always struck me as like a particularly positive person. And uh, you even talked about this a little bit at the beginning of your video and said that, um, that uh, yeah, social media only captures part of your life, but, uh, you do feel, um, kind of generally positive. So, um, anyways, these habits really kind of resonate with me and I'd love to, to hear you kind of talk about these in more detail. So, um, the first one that you shared is be mindful of what you consume. And when you first said that, I initially thought, okay, nutrition. Um, and then you kind of went in a different direction. So could you kind of share what that means to you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was a, that was a fun, a lot of the time I do these videos like for myself as well to give myself reminders. Right. Because it's like, it's usually like what I'm, you know, sometimes when I'm struggling a lot of the time or what I'm researching at the time. And yeah, that was something that I was struggling with there. And it's like, I was, you know, I was, it was in the middle of winter and uh, you know, there's, this year has been not a great year for news. <laughs> and uh, you know, and I just got in this cycle of, of like constantly uh, you know, just, yeah, finding myself getting more and more down. And then I had to step back and be like, wait, what are the things that I can do to, you know, bring myself back up. And then I thought, well, there's probably other people that are in this position. Let's just kind of make a list and share it with everybody. Uh, so that's where the video came from. So be mindful of consumption. Yeah, this was, uh, yeah, you know, not to do with nutrition. Of course, it does have some to do with nutrition. You definitely want to be mindful of that. But it was more of uh, what you're consuming in through your eyes, through your ears, the the type of the media that you're taking in, the social media that you're taking, the mainstream media that you're taking, the movies, the music that you're listening to, you know, it all has an effect on our, uh, on our subconscious. So that was definitely, uh, what I meant there. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, be, be mindful of, of what you are taking in because it will shape your, like I said, it will shape your mind. <laughs> yeah. I, um, uh, during the, not the end of politics, but during the last election here in the U S I got really, uh, consumed by all of the media and stuff. And I, and then, uh, COVID and all this other stuff. And it just, um, I, I just kind of asked myself, like, is this, is this, uh, constructive to me kind of living out my purpose, living a fulfilling life, helping other people. And I decided no. So I just kind of hit the off switch on all news. Um, and it sounds like you did a similar thing, which is cool. Uh, you, you asked, um, uh, you posed the question in this video, does what you are consuming make you feel positive and inspired? And I think that's a really great lens through which to analyze the different types of content that you are consuming in your life. So ask yourself as you're just mindlessly scrolling on whatever platform, does this, does this content make me feel uh, positive and inspired? If the answer is no, probably shouldn't really be consuming that. And I think that's a really great, uh, kind of rule of thumb. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not all flowers and roses, like all the yeah. time, you know, I'm not just like, Oh, if it, you know, if there's something bad happened, just ignore it. It'll go away. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not about that, you know, so much as just, um, yeah. Like, like you said, you, you definitely said it well there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the next one that you brought up was getting out into nature. Um, 
I'm all about that. So can you talk a little bit about that and this concept of forest bathing? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't make up that term. It's, I think it came back, I think it was like the 70s or the 80s. Uh, I believe it came out of Japan. And I learned a little bit about, I've heard of the term before, but I learned a little bit about the term when I was, um, when I was making the video. And uh, it came when the, the rise of technology basically came. So it would have been the 80s, I guess. And uh, they realized that, yeah, they needed to sort of balance their technological life with like their, the you know, relationship that they have with nature. And, uh, and then it just, uh, I guess, yeah, became a thing of like bathing in the forest. So just going and taking in the atmosphere of the forest and just like bathing in it. So not just like going and, you know, looking at a waterfall, taking a quick picture and then like leaving. No, actually like, you know, getting in there, slowing down, you know, just focusing on your breathing, maybe observing, you know, some of the nature that's around you, which is something amazing to do in the forest. If you've never done it and you can just go and like sit for 20 or 30 minutes and just like let the, the forest just comes alive around you. It's incredible if you're just like so still and quiet and yeah. really neat. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of, uh, that was, that was my idea there. And uh, you know, it's uh, there's definitely like there's negative ions that are in the forest that, you know, can, that have been shown to improve our mood. Uh, but beyond that, yeah, there's just something special about, about getting out into nature that is, um, that is healing. And then sometimes it's really hard to do. You think oh, I have to do this and I'm stressed yeah. and I don't want to do that. I put on my jacket, uh, but it's always worth it. Yeah, it is. And there's also a huge difference between going out in nature with headphones and without, I don't know if that's something that you kind of differentiate mm. between, but, um, there's something really amazing about hearing kind of the sounds of nature and just really soaking it up in all of your senses. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, um, yeah, no headphones for me when I'm out there, maybe if I'm on like a bike ride or something like that, I need the motivation, but, uh, yeah, yeah just, 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 because we're, we're so you, and I, I'm not, what well, I'm not a, I'm not good at this myself, but we're so used to being stimulated all the time, right? That it's like, even when we go into nature, okay, I'm going to go relax in the nature and put this like hip hop on in my headphones while I'm walking around or like put this dubstep on. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, it's like, you got to sort of match, you know, yeah, what's happening in here with like what's out there or else you're going to get some sort of like a conflict and it's not going to help to bring you into balance. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Uh, When you do need a kick in the ass, what kind of music do you listen to? Oh, um, you know, like one of my favorites for, for working out that I could always just throw on is like Rob Bailey and the hustle standard. I don't know. Oh, if yeah. you know him. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he's like plant-based or, or vegan or whatever. I don't know. I don't follow him too closely, but um, I just like his music. He's just kind of like aggressive. And I, and it, you know, I know that he lifts himself and that's kind of the idea behind the music. So when I'm like lifting, like that's always something I'll, uh, I'll throw on, but uh, you know, I used to be such a big music buff when I was younger and I've, so I haven't fell out of love with music, but it just hasn't taken a front seat in my life in, in a long time. So I, I, I can't like rhyme off like any cool, like, yeah. you know, new, like sort of bands or anything like that, but I'll just put on like some nineties or two thousands hip hop when I'm working out and, uh, you know, and just kind of do my thing to that. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, another one that you recommended as a healthy habit was to move your body. Um, pretty, pretty obvious there, but, uh, yeah, that's, um, something that's really important. And you also mentioned nutrition. Um, yeah. So both of those are pretty straightforward. Um, and, uh, would you talk a little bit about, um, kind of serotonin and how that really kind of helps, um, and getting out in nature and stuff and, and like how that, uh, can, can really improve, um, your, your, uh, how you're feeling and your health. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it helps us to release serotonin, right. And that, that both exercise and, uh, being out in nature definitely does that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much you want, like, I don't, I don't like definitely don't know too much about like, you know, transmitters. I'm not like, uh, you know, I'm not, I definitely, I, I should know more, but, um, we can be surface level. That's totally fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, th- it basically does helps to, to, to release those like positive endorphins. Uh, when something that's really unique about, um, uh, what's the one you just said, just about, uh, my mind is serotonin like, serotonin yeah i don't know why i was kept thinking like adrenaline <laughs> like not what we're looking for uh serotonin is uh yeah i mean and i know you, you know this but in the absence of light with uh you know with the um certain uh minerals vitamins uh it helps it converts into melatonin so then you know the more serotonin that we have the better we're going to feel but also the better we're going to sleep so uh 
yeah, that's uh, that's important. And we know that most of the uh, much of the serotonin is made in our gut, right, by the microbiome. Um, so yeah. it's important to have a healthy gut. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and sleep uh, is definitely one that would rank pretty high on my list of healthy habits. Um, the kind that of got, should have been in there. Kind of got an honorable mention uh, within that video. Um, but another one that you talked about was having hobbies and passions. Uh, so you talked a little bit about your passion for RC cars, which I think is super cool. And, uh, like you made a cat tree and stuff. So yeah. What kinds of, um, other things have you been up to outside of, uh, SimNet nutrition? Yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah, the RC cars is kind of a new thing for me. The, it, I think it's just important to like have have hobbies that are outside of like your work and like your, your regular stuff, because it just helps. Yeah. For me, at least it helps me like to de-stress and just, I am always like, I'm always learning other things, right. I'm always like learning new things, which is great for like neuroplasticity. Uh, and when you're learning new things in one area, it helps you, uh, you know, learn new things and, um, and create pathways in other areas as well. So it's, it's, it's really cool to like always be, you know, learning new things. It's a, it's really good for the mind. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I find that it's, especially for me, because I, I'm like, you know, my, my, you know, I, I like to post on social media a lot and like, that's a big part of everyone's life anyways, but then that ends up being like pleasure and work for me. And then, uh, you know, I just need something that's outside of like nutrition and, and athletics and stuff that I can just kind of like escape and, uh, and enjoy that. I don't necessarily feel like, Oh, I should be sharing this or I should be, you know, inspiring people to, to go running because I'm out running right now. I should take a video, you know, do it. It's just something like it's totally aside from all that. And, um, that I can just kind of enjoy and yeah, do at my leisure. Uh, but one thing that's really cool about like some of the hobbies that I, that I developed, that I've gotten into is that it utilizes the skills that I've like already had in, in my life and like things that I, in hobbies that I already love. So like with RC, for instance, it's like, I absolutely love like just tinkering around on things and like fixing stuff. And, you know, I get to kind of do that in a controlled environment rather than like, oh, the, the fridge is broken or whatever, like having, you know, my car's broken, like actually having to really fix something. Like, and, uh, and then, you know, I end up learning. I love doing like the research and learning these different things. Uh, and then also get to go out into nature to like, you know, drive these little, they're just like little tiny, you know, little cars. It seems so dumb that I'm like a 38 year old guy doing this, but it brings me so no, much I think it's joy. really cool. And um, yeah, so, you know, and then I get, get out into nature, I'm moving my body, you know, and so, so I'm getting those things checked off my, uh, my um, you know, things that help me stay positive and keep my mind right. You know, I'm checking a few things off there. And then I also get sometimes I'll like videotape, uh, like I film it as well. <laughs> videotape, sound like I'm like soul. Uh, <laughs> I film it digitally. Um, I, you know, and then, and then I get to use that skill that I kind of have. And I, like filming and stuff is also a hobby of mine, but now I'm using it in a different way, not just like as a, as a work way to like film a meal that I'm making or to film me doing a, some sort of vlog or whatever. I'm, I'm utilizing these things in different ways. So it's so much fun for me getting to combine all these different hobbies and, and then, yeah, just uh, enjoy it. <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, I think having hobbies like that outside of work is super important. Um, and that brings a lot of joy and fulfillment to my life as well. So highly recommend if uh, if you don't have that in your life that you work on kind of developing that. So Derek, is uh, last question I'd love to ask you is um, kind of around living a fulfilling life. And uh, you just have kind of always stood out to me as someone who lives kind of a grounded, fulfilling life and is just kind of in tune with what they want and you just kind of go out there and get it. So I'd love if you could share maybe any life advice that you would give to your younger self or maybe some really great life advice that you've gotten from other people along the way. But um, just something that uh, has really kind of shaped your life in a profound way. Hmm. Right. Uh, I think one of the main things is like always being like grateful and kind to, to, you know, others, or it seems so obvious, but others around you, opportunities that are given to you, even if they're, you know, even if you don't want it or it's below you or whatever, like just always being grateful and kind because, you know, so much of uh, our success as we get older and the opportunities that we're presented with are from relationships that we have, people that we know, um, you know, the bridges that we've built. Uh, right. So that's why I think it's just so important to like, always be, yeah, you know, welcoming of people into your life. You know, it doesn't mean I, I keep a, you know, pretty tight circle of, of close friends, but you know, I, I've always, you know, welcome lots of people in my life and I'm always, um, 
yeah, and just kind and grateful and open opportunities, but not in a way where, you know, not like this, like, kind of, you know, everyone has that multi-level marketing friend where they're just like, they're like, oh, oh, you have a car air freshener in your car. Did you know that uh, I actually sell uh, some, you know, natural scents that you could use, you know, or whatever. Like, oh, your skin's looking really good. Have you thought about using this cream? I have? It's not like that. So like, what can you get out? But, you know, just developing relationships, seeing how, seeing how people could like sort of, you know, mesh and maybe work together or just help each other. Um but yeah, just that, that's been the main thing for me is just being like grateful, kind, uh, like considerate and just, yeah, ba basically just that because people want to help you then people will want to, you know, they want to, they want to be your friend. They want to be around you. They want to help you succeed. They want to see you succeed. Um, yeah. So that I think it's really important. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's great advice. So Derek, I just really appreciate all the content that you've been putting out over the years. And uh, it's really shaped my uh, kind of approach to veganism, fitness. And um, and yeah, I look forward to kind of uh, carrying that on and kind of helping other people through that as well. So I just really appreciate everything you've done. Um, what's the best way for our audience to connect with you and support your work? Oh, great. Well, thanks for the kind words. I mean, really, I, I like it's so nice to hear that. And uh, yeah, it's just the most um, fulfilling thing I could have ever imagined doing. It's just absolutely incredible. And I'm because I have like, I'm always feeling like I'm not doing enough because I feel like, you know, I just want to help the world, you know, and I'm sure you feel that as well. And it's just like, there's just not enough hours in the day. And a lot of the time I'm just like spinning, like, what should I, what should I do next? Uh, but I'm just so, again, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And it's just like, I realize how lucky I am. And uh, I just really want to like, yeah, utilize it to the to its maximum capacity. So just thank you so much for following along and everyone that has. Like it's just uh it, it's been amazing. Um what was the question? <laughs> Sorry, I got carried away there. Uh yeah, uh you're totally welcome. How uh how can our audience kind of best connect with you, support your work and uh yeah. Yeah, just on uh on YouTube or Instagram is like the best way. It's at Simnet nutrition s-i-m-n-e-t-t -T, nutrition and i wish i had like a you know funkier name or whatever but like you know, like i said in the beginning it all just started out after i went to school you know i, I wanted to do consulting and help people because that was the best way that i could figure out at the time to help people was just one-on-one -on -one. and uh, so i needed like a nice you know fairly clinical like sort of name so Simnet nutrition seemed like it but then you know, now i'm a youtube channel with kind of a boring name but hey it works and uh, people remember me for it um, but that's it yeah check me out uh, S I M N E T T nutrition on YouTube and on Instagram. Um, I have a recipe ebook, you know, that's easy to find in the links. Uh, you know, all the stuff is in like the links on, um, on my YouTube channel. So that would be the best place. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Subscribe to Derek. He's got amazing content on his YouTube channel and, uh, yeah, appreciate the conversation and everything you've shared with our audience. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me on here. Really appreciate it. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. To take the next step in your vegan fitness journey and get access to all our best content for free, check out theveganjim.com. We'll teach you everything you need to know to torch body fat, break through plateaus, build lean vegan muscle, and supercharge your health. Get started right now at theveganjim.com. Until next time, peace, love, and gains.